it's the next level. Are you a priest or aren't you? Yes. I am. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He make of me to lie down in green pastures. He lead of me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He lead of me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Ye though I walk through the shadow of the valley of death, I fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of my enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Welcome everyone into another episode of We Have to Go Back Lost Revisited from the Next Level Podcast Network. I am Ben Beck. And from the Podcastica Network, I'm Kristen Howe. Uh, yeah, that's also my part. <laughs> it's all right. It's been, it's been, we took a week off, so it's, it's a little understandable. I'm like, I'm going to introduce myself and that's it. And that's all I'm going to do. <laughs> this episode, we are going to cover season two, episode 10, the 23rd Psalm, otherwise known as Echo's Journey of Life. Yes, this is, uh, it's, I've watched this episode three times, believe it or not. Uh, I usually watch twice, but there's uh, this is just such a fantastic, fantastic episode, and it's mainly because of Echo. Well, Echo's amazing. Yes. So, and it's funny because now, like I, I've, I had it in my mind. We were talking about this while we were prepping for this episode, uh, and for some reason, I was just thinking of the episode with. Uh, now, Adewale is fantastic as Echo, but for some reason, I just pictured him as Idris Elba. Well, you should. <laughs> Well, just start picturing everybody as Idris Elba in your mind and your life gets so much better. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah. So as you know, by this point, this is a spoiler full episode. So we will be talking about things from the past and the future of the series. But we're also going to be bringing you our top five points of the episode as well. And I am happy to finally announce we are working on our first guest for the podcast. Yay! So it's just a matter of uh, getting confirmation and scheduling, but uh, I'm very excited for who this potentially is that uh, of the cast who's going to be joining us. So I yeah, I am too. So one of my favorite characters from the series, and one we haven't even met yet in our rewatch, but very, it's 
it's good timing. Yeah. Because we're about Very, to. Yeah, it is. Very wide-eyed character. If you if that doesn't give it away. <laughs> uh, but let's jump into our 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 top points of the episode. Uh, you want to go first? Sure, I can go first this time. Yay! Um, I, I beat you to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did because I usually turn it over to you. Uh, yes, and, you do, and let you do it. But you know what? Before I do that, I gotta ask, how you feeling? Because I know we we took a little break last week because you weren't feeling too well. Uh, yeah, I, w- I wasn't even out of bed. <laughs> So, which Last is com- week. which is understandable. It happens to all of us. Yeah, um, no, I'm feeling a lot better. My my voice will probably go in and out a little bit during this thing, but other than that, other than a really bad cough and exhaustion from that cough, I'm doing just fine. Okay. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I'm glad to hear it. So, uh, all right, jumping into our five points, I'm trying to see which one do I want to start with, um, because I mean, I obviously I want to talk about Echo and Charlie, but do I want to start with that? Um, I want to get the minor stuff out of the way. Yeah, I kind of do. But then when you do, right. when we do that, you take the risk of like one of the two of us taking one of our other larger points as we get to the end. Oh, uh, who cares? We just tag team it. That's true. Uh, so you know what? I'm going to talk about. Uh, I'll see. I'm looking at all my points, and for the most part, they're all about Echo. Um, with oh the, well, I can start off with a non-Echo point. Um. All right, well, then we'll turn it back over to you. <laughs> we'll let you start it anyway. Michael sucks. Oh, God, okay. <laughs> Is that it? That's the point? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Oh, all right. No, yeah, I mean, my look, Michael, Michael is at, at that part of his character where you just want to chop off his hands. You know, um, just watching him with that computer and... and just knowing that it couldn't possibly be Walt and any normal person would understand that. Um, it, it's just maddening, you know, and and I love that Locke kind of picks him out and says, yeah, I'll, I'll bet you're here to get, get a gun, right? And, you know, Michael doesn't really say anything. Michael's very transparent. There's not a lot of depth to this character and I think that he thinks that he's real complicated, but he's just kind of, gone into this like shifty mode i don't know um i just i know it's coming and i just (sighs) i just hate michael right now and it sucks because i really do like michael as a character as a whole but right now he's going through a rough patch well and you're and you're right he is extremely transparent at this point like it Everybody should know. And the fact that Jack doesn't pick up on the fact that he's being suspicious. Like, if you if you look at that scene in the episode where he's sitting at the computer and he was talking to someone who very obviously is not Walt. And Michael's the only one that is oblivious to this. Uh, the fact that the computer didn't work until Michael sat down gives you a hint to one of two things. One, it's not Walt. And two, somebody is very obviously watching them. Right, exactly. You're, you're being watched. But, you know, to to your point of what you were talking about with, with Jack not noticing, Jack doesn't pick up nuance. He's not a he's not a character that picks up the little things. He doesn't if it's not like like air horning into his face, he doesn't see it. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, look at the fact that Michael is sitting at the computer. You're in a hatch where there's records, there's videos, there's a bathroom, there's a shower, washer dryer, like all this, you know, uh, all these modern 
things that you don't have being stranded on an island, you now have now. And Michael is sitting at a computer with still 45 minutes left on the clock before he even has to put those numbers in. And you're sitting in front of a computer that apparently does nothing until you can put those numbers in. Why are you sitting there? You know, right. like, why are you not just like sitting back on the couch? You get a warning so- uh, sound when the when it's time to put the numbers in. Why are you sitting at the computer? But yet Jack walks in and he's like, oh, he's sitting there. I guess that's normal. Like it, Jack is just as oblivious to what Michael is doing as Michael is to the fact that he's transparent. Right. It's Captain Obvious and the blind boy of the <laughs> island. Yeah. Basically. Pretty much. So um, this isn't one of my top five points, but kind of piggybacking on, you know, talking about Michael a little bit. One of the other things, this is just one of my other notes that I made, is uh, the scene that I did find interesting with Michael was the scene with uh, Locke teaching him how to shoot. Because I found it interesting that Michael went to somebody who he overly criticized and yelled at for teaching Walt. And now this is the man you're going to you're going to as your teacher. Oh, I don't think that he was going to teach uh, to ask Locke to teach him how to use a gun. I think he was going to steal a gun and leave. And Locke and Locke just happened to be there and he was changing the locks or changing the password. And Locke knew exactly what he was doing and probably said, let me at least teach you how to shoot before you go off into the jungle with your stolen gun. Okay. All right, that makes a little more sense. But it's still, I, 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 I but do. But you thought, so you thought, do you thought he was seeking out Locke and not the gun cabinet? No, no, I knew he was seeking out the gun cabinet. But, oh, okay. And it's, uh, and, but even still with that point, I find it just a very interesting dynamic that maybe Michael didn't ask Locke to teach him and it was Locke that offered. Um, but it's still an interesting dynamic just to see Michael learning from someone he criticized at an earlier point for teaching. Mm-hmm. That's what that's the point I was trying to get to. Okay. It was just that yeah, dynamic. No, I do that. like that irony. Yeah. So I think that, that that's a good point. Yeah. Um going into going into I guess my number five yeah. with this. Um you know, we uh, this is very obviously an echo centric episode and we get that echo centric backstory and we find out throughout the course of this episode that Echo is indeed a very bad man. Um but it's it's it... <laughs> I'm a bad man. Sorry. <laughs> That's just all I got when you said that. It's but it's an interesting dynamic to look at when you look at the situation of how he became that way. He was not a bad person by nature. He became a bad person due to situation. He he actually became a bad person by doing a good deed in in some ways. Um, you know, you look at the situation where it was actually Yemi who had the gun put in his hand and was told to shoot the old man when they were kids. And it was Echo who who basically took control of the situation, grabbed the gun and did it so that his brother would not become that person. So for Echo to become that uh, that bad of a man because of protecting somebody else, I thought was a very interesting character Uh, point for echo well i liked what he said i thought that um, one of the most important scenes in in echo's backstory was the scene that he had with yemi in the church when um when yemi was telling him what a bad man he was um and that you know just saying that he did it 
because he needed to survive uh, wasn't enough. And and Echo makes a really excellent point of saying, you know, I saved you. You know, you you couldn't pull that trigger. I pulled the trigger. I went in your place. And everything that's happened to him since that moment has been for him to survive. And he was a kid. And so after a while, survival becomes your way of life. And then he becomes the person that he is because of the circumstances that he's under. And for, and, and yummy judging him for that and telling him that there's no uh, salvation or or redemption for him because of what he did for his brother, I thought was more telling of Yemi than it was of Echo. Yeah, that's very true. I didn't even really think of it that way, of it being more telling of Yemi. Um, but you know what? I think there's another key scene in, in his backstory that kind of uh, explains the same thing uh, and almost kind of puts a point in the fact that Echo has been... I think while he is a bad man and it was because of protecting Yemi, I think deep down Echo has been a character who has, even in his backstory, has kind of always been searching for redemption, but didn't really have a way about it. And uh, one of the scenes in his backstory that I think really shines a light on that is the scene where he is doing the drug deal with the, the two the two gentlemen about how I will take your product, I'll buy it from you, you're not going to have a way to sell it. And, you know, when they say it's true what they say about you, you have no soul, and he slices their throats. And that child sees him, and he lets the child go. The fact that he tells the child, tell everyone, Mr. Echo, let you go, I I think in, in some ways is him basically, him trying to tell himself, I, I still have good qualities. I let this child live. I want everyone to know it, too. Yeah, I, it, yes. I mean, he, I, I think that he more than, more than anybody in that room, um, he was an older kid when he was taken from his village. So I think that that also makes a difference that he's able to remember what he had to do to protect his brother. And he understands that, you know, children shouldn't be used in, in this world that he's, that he was, um, kidnap into abducted into yeah. and he doesn't want the same to happen for this child so maybe it is a warning or um a way of telling the other children that mr echo won't take you he won't take the kids he's not going to hurt the kids because he didn't hurt me but he hit he hurt the bad men yeah but again i still i still think too part of that is him kind of i, I think you're right i think that is him him his way of letting everybody know that I won't, I won't take children the way that he was taken as well. But I also mm -hmm. think it's because he, I, I, and this might just be me, but I think it's in part that he wants to kind of prove to himself. He still has good qualities. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like that, that he's still human. I yes. think that you're absolutely correct on that one. Yeah. Yeah. I, so, I mean, again, that goes back to my point of, I think this, I think the entire time he's been searching for a little bit of redemption it's mm -hmm. just he's in such an impossible situation that the uh, the chances of that happening are very few and far between, if almost non-existent. Mm -hmm. And he saw one, so he took it. Yeah, absolutely. So definitely. Uh, how about you? Your your number, your second point. Um. So let's see. Well, we can either stay with Echo or we could go to Charlie. Um, we'll stay with Echo. Okay. So, 
Um, one of my favorite scenes in this entire episode was um, when Echo stares down the smoke monster. Ooh, that's one of mine too. So I'm just going to piggyback. Cool, 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 cool. Um, he's <laughs> sorry. Cool, cool, cool. Um, <laughs> All right, I'm in. I got excited. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what what I love about this is that um, you know we've seen the smoke monster try to kind of poke at different people uh, throughout the series. And and one of, I think, the most memorable ones was when the smoke monster actually grabbed Locke and tried to pull Locke uh, into a hole. And, and Locke was terrified. But he also, um, that was, what, the second time that Locke had been confronted by the smoke monster? Because I think the first time he was confronted, the smoke monster actually, like, stopped right in front of his face, much like it did with Echo. And Locke stared it down as well and nothing happened to him but we didn't really see what happened once once that once the smoke monster got into Locke's face because it cut to commercial I think and then the next time it wasn't there anymore if I remember correctly I th- yeah I think you're right I think that's that's pretty accurate <clears throat> so this time we got to see kind of from Charlie's point of view um kind of what what was happening with, between Echo and the smoke monster and what I loved is that you know Charlie's up in the tree and he's like, dude, you need to run. What the fuck are you doing? And then, um, and he just stares at it and the way he stares at it, it's calm. It's, it's not confrontational. He's not saying like, come at me, bro, or anything like that. It's more that he's just, he's just staring at this, this smoke monster kind of like, um, Kind of like he knows he has no control over what happens next, but he's not fearful of it either. And I think that that's really what Echo's character is all about. It's just, um, you know, he's been that bad man. He's been uh, a priest. He's on this, you know, journey to find his brother right now. Nothing seems to be stopping him to get to his brother. And this black smoke monster is just kind of in his way. So he's just going to calmly wait until the smoke monster decides what to do with him. And I love the thought of the, the shot of the smoke monster turning around through its own smoke and going back into the jungle. I thought that that was really beautifully done. Well, I mean, it, I think a, a couple other things that are very interesting to point out, too, is and, and I you're right. I, I like how he kind of confronts the smoke monster with um, with no intimidation, but yet at the same time, no fear. And we've made comparisons from Echo to Locke many times already. Uh, and I f- believe there's even still more to come before we see uh, the, the story of Echo wrap up. Um, and you're right. I, I think it's it's very fitting that the second character to confront the smoke monster is Echo when the first one to do it was Locke. Mm-hmm. Uh, because these are two characters that are very similar. Where Locke confronted the smoke monster... He did have fear in his eyes. Yeah, that was the first time we saw Locke legitimately terrified was staring this smoke monster in the face, whereas Echo had no fear whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's because Locke was still searching for something. Echo is searching for something. I don't think Locke knew what he was searching for. Echo knows what he's searching for. He has a purpose. And he's not going to let anything stand in his way. Not mm. even this smoke monster. 
Uh, and but I also think it's there's two other points to be made with this scene. The first is this is the first time we're seeing the smoke monster in in this degree. This is the first time uh, through the course of the series we are getting a really good look at the smoke monster. We've seen I think like bits and pieces of it, but we've never seen it to this degree. Um, the I don't know that I agree with that. I mean, we saw. Oh no, I saw them take out the pilot. I've looked it up. This is the first time we are getting a full view of the smoke monster. Um, oh, you mean like through the smoke and that big? I like that. Sh- you mean that shot where they went like full circle around uh, um, uh, Echo and the smoke monster? Well, no, I mean like to even not through that, like seeing that far away shot of Echo confronting the smoke monster and seeing the smoke monster in full. This is the first time we've seen that. We've only seen maybe small pieces of the smoke, like like something reaching out and grabbing Locke, or uh, you know something grabbing the pilot. We've we've seen that, but this is the first time we're seeing it in full over okay. the course of the series. I'll believe you on that. Um, the other thing, though, I don't know because you haven't brought it up, so I don't know if it's something you've even noticed before. The angel inside the smoke monster. It's it's not an angel. It's the faces of people from his past. Yemi's face, uh, as well as a couple of the other people that we've he has dealt with in his past, they are the oh, faces. Oh, that's of, interesting because in um, in the wiki it says if you slow it down frame by frame, it's an angel. Oh, really? Because I have the wiki up right now, <laughs> and it said um, it says when Echo stares down the monster, many faces from his past are visible inside the smoke monster when freeze framed. Oh, cool. Okay. Yep. So, and I hadn't noticed that before too, but reading the wiki, it, it, you know, it made it even more, um, I didn't see it, any of it. <laughs> uh, you didn't see any of it. I saw lightning and I was paying attention to echo. <laughs> now, I mean, here's, here's my question to you though. What do you think was the driving force behind the smoke monster? Do you think this was the smoke monster scanning him? Or do you think this was him getting ready to confront him and now Echo not being one of the chosen ones, it just avoided him and let him on to his own fate? Hmm. Well, Goodwin said that they were that the others were only taking people on a list that had been checked out and that were good people and that Echo, while he was strong, wasn't a good person. And we know after this episode that Echo indeed before the island wasn't really a good person. Uh, he was on a redemptive path. He, you know, he had gone uh, to, uh, I think, London to um, to do his brother's training and he had tried to take over the church. And I mean, he was trying to do some things that we'll find out later uh, in, in the series, what he was trying to do when we, when we learn more about him. But up until now, the information that we've been given about echo is that he was a warlord um, and he's killed a lot of people. And he pretended to be a priest to move drugs out of Nigeria, even though it was probably for, you know, a, quote unquote good reason he was still moving drugs uh you know pretending to be an ordained priest um that he forced his brother to ordain him so you know the fact that he wasn't taken by the others on that first night or the second or the third night and the smoke monster came to see 
probably, I think you're right, he probably came to scan him or to size him up, which is why, you know, all the faces appeared in the smoke monster as as kind of like a, um, I, I think scan is the best word. So, yeah. well, and I, then he went away. So it's possible that he went away going, this isn't the guy that we're looking for. Like, he seems like he's a, a good dude, but he's not the one that we're looking for. They're, they're, I think that they, the smoke monster has made its decision on Locke. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, because, well, and, and I think you make, you might actually have a valid point when it comes to, you know, what, what Goodwin says about somebody being a good person versus being a bad person. Because the first time the smoke monster runs into Echo, he has not yet come to terms with, uh, you know, a redemption. So uh, that comes a little bit later in the episodes. He still kind of to that point is still unsure, which makes him a little bit of a bad person. The next time, and this is a little bit of a spoiler, the next time Echo comes in contact with the smoke monster, the results are very different. Very different. Because it is indeed the smoke monster that his, that, Oh, that oh, is oh, yeah, 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 demise. I know what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep, you're right. I totally forgot about that till right now. <laughs> and at that point, he has come to terms with his redemption. So, you know, the first time he meets the smoke monster, yes, he is still sort of a bad person. The second time, he's a good person. I think, I think Echo has a role on the island. I think that the smoke monster knows that his role has not been fulfilled yet. Um, and, and Echo's role on the island is exclusively... For Locke. Okay. Personally. Yeah. I think that it, it's it's to... Um, Locke is going to have a crisis of faith. And Echo is going to be the one that restores that faith before he ultimately um, dies. So you think maybe the smoke monster decides that he is... He still needed... So it might not be the fact that he has a purpose of his own. His purpose is to help one of the other chosen. Who, which Locke yeah, is indeed one absolutely. of the chosen. I, yes, I think that, that that's correct. So until he's fulfilled that role of assisting one of the chosen, he's still needed. Pro I think that that's right. Okay. It, ma it makes total sense to me. I mean, it's, you know, it's one of those things that is just another one of these mysteries of the island that is just so intriguing to watch. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. So, cool. Uh, all right. So that was, yeah, me picking. What's your number... Well, that four? was me piggybacking off your number four. Oh, cool. Okay. So uh, what's your number three? Um, so I'm going to talk about Charlie for a second. And look, once an addict, always an addict. Always an addict. Even before this, even before the statue is smashed, even before Echo finds out about the statue and we're looking at Charlie with Jin and Charlie is addicts are selfish, man. They are selfish, selfish people. And, you know, he's, he's in the ocean and he's, you know, singing the kink song and, <laughs> you know, and Jin's like, Hey man, quiet. Like the fish are not here because of you. And Charlie's like, yeah, man, thanks. I, I, I do think I have a wonderful voice. And it's like, <laughs> He can't, and it's funny because he's clueless, but it goes to kind of his theme for the whole episode. He's so self-centered. He's so self-obsessed obsessed that he can't see, like, what, how he affects other people, how he, how he affects 
you know, the the happenings around him. And then that just keeps, seems to get worse and worse as the episode goes in. You know, uh, Echo comes up to him and says, where did you get this statue? And, and uh, you know, you're going to take me to this statue. And, and Charlie immediately starts lying. He's like, okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go for a stroll. We'll, we'll do it first thing in the morning. He goes, no, we're going to go right now. Okay, well, let me go talk to Claire first. Fine, we'll do it on the way. Like, Echo was perfectly paired with Charlie in this episode because Echo is so no-nonsense. And he's like, and he can smell a lie from a moment, from, from you know, a mile away just because, you know, that was kind of his his job, yeah. uh, more or less, you know, when when he was in Nigeria. So, you know, when when Charlie takes him to that tree, you know, Echo's just like, no, you're lying to me where and and Charlie's trying to deflect and trying to get and put it on him and get mad. And and he's able to set Charlie straight, you know, and and, and he keeps Charlie going. And it's like he's not giving Charlie an inch where I think everybody on the island has been treating him kind of with kid gloves. I was just going to say kid gloves is a perfect way to say that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, more or less, everybody that's come in contact with him, they know that he is an addict and that he had to basically get clean on the island. And when this is when the 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 statue is shattered in front of Claire, he immediately starts lying to Claire. He's like, well, I didn't know what was in it, right? And, and Echo calls him out perfectly later in the episode. And he says, when you said also, what did he say? Hang on, I wrote it down. He said... It, it was something along the lines of, what did you mean... Yeah, what did I'm, you mean by also? It was something with also because I remember I I I, uh, I accidentally spelled also wrong. I'm like, uh, why did I spell also <laughs> wrong? I know that sound. Oh, take me to the plane. Uh, he also knows Charlie lied to Claire, so that's what I wrote. Come on, Kristen, you can't write anything more than that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he said. He said something about why did you say why did you say that um, that you didn't know what was in it? But when you um, but when he found out that it was broken, he wanted to go. That's it. He wanted to go tell Claire about the statue so that she didn't get the wrong idea. <laughs> That's right. What did you mean by the wrong idea? What did you mean by the wrong idea? Yeah. And and um. And Charlie's like, well, I don't understand. So Echo's picking up on his lies without Charlie even realizing that he's lying as he's lying. And he he likes to blame it. He blames his brother for his addiction uh, while they're walking through the jungle. He blames Echo for getting him into trouble with Claire. He blames, uh, you know, he, he blames the whole world other than looking at what his actions are doing. And then at the very end of the episode, what do we see? He has like like at least half a dozen of these statues buried in a secret hole in the ground. Um, and there's shame written all over his face. He knows that he can't get rid of this, but he's, uh, it also has proved that he's lying. He may be clean. He may be clean, but he hasn't kicked the habit. He hasn't kicked the habit. He's still holding on to it. That's like I used to be a smoker and I used to always have a pack of cigarettes hidden in the house for years. I never touched them 
but I had them and they were in my house. And it wasn't until probably about two years ago that I finally got rid of that pack. I said, I don't need this as a crutch anymore. And I haven't, I haven't had the need to stash my secret shame cigarettes in my house ever since. Well, that was the point I had made a couple weeks ago too, when it came to Charlie and the, and the Virgin Mary statues was the fact that he not, he may not necessarily be using them or have plans to use them, but it, and he fully admits it in this episode too, that it was, it, it was, it made him feel better to have it around because as you mentioned with the cigarettes, it was a crutch. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that was a point I had made a couple weeks ago and <laughs> That's exactly what they were for her, I, for him. I don't think he had any intention on actually using them, but the fact of knowing that he had it if he wanted to mm -hmm. was in some way, shape, or form a form of relief to him. You know, it was easier for him to to be free of using knowing he had it if he could than it was to be free of using knowing that if he wanted to, he couldn't anyway. Mm -hmm. You know, which I, I guess that's that's part of the mindset of an addict is the fact of knowing you can if you want to, but you won't is more relieving than knowing you can't even if you wanted to. I don't know. I mean, you know, if, if he's stuck, if he's in a real world situation, he can get drugs on the corner any day of the week. You know, I can go down to 7-Eleven and I can go pick up a pack of cigarettes. I don't because I've kicked it. Yeah, I mean, and I'm, the, I'm the same and way too. I'm not too. saying heroin is cigarettes, okay? I'm not saying that at all. Heroin is its own addiction. It's its own beast. And it's, and it's just awful. It's awful. I've seen heroin addiction. It's awful. But the fact that he's on this island, he's got a fresh start. He, I, I just, I hate it that he's still lying. And... He doesn't even have to lie. He doesn't even have to lie. You know, if, if, if he could have been up front with Claire and been like, yeah, um, I didn't want you to get the wrong idea about this. I did know that that was in there. I was on a plane with Saeed. I don't know why I kept it, but I kept it. Claire would, I, I believe this character, Claire, would have been more understanding of that because it was the truth than being lied to on top of finding out that, that drugs have been around her infant child. Yeah. Um, it, oh, you know what? On that note, too, that actually is my number three, and I'm I'm gonna kind of piggyback. Ooh, on, do it. Um, on the whole Claire and Charlie situation, is I don't want to talk anymore. <laughs> is is, is be I think the whole situation with Claire and Charlie at the end, you know, it is a very sad situation because we know how Charlie feels about Claire. So, but at the same time, it's a little bit of a double edged sword, in my opinion, because on one hand, you've got Claire. And she doesn't want Charlie, who is a former addict, who has drugs in his possession. I, and I don't even really think it's it's completely about the fact that Charlie is an addict and could start doing drugs. It's the fact that not only is he an addict, he has the drugs. It's the fact that Charlie and the drugs are both around Aaron. Because right. this Virgin Mary statue has been with Charlie the whole time, and Charlie yep. has been with Aaron. Mm -hmm. So... I completely understand, not even having kids of my own, still completely understand Claire's decision to not want Charlie anywhere around her child. If, She's lucky he she didn't pummel him to death. Yeah. As, as you know, I, I as a parent, I would imagine I would be completely the same way. Yeah. But at the same time, it is a double-edged sword because the one thing 
that was keeping Charlie f clean and making him want to be a better person just left him. But see, that's the thing that you cannot hang your recovery on another person. It has to be your own journey. Oh, I, un I understand he, that completely. So he has to be on his own now. And I think that that's important for, for Charlie right now is that he, I think he's always had Claire taking care of Claire and then taking care of Aaron and always having that since he got on the island as his reason for being clean. And I think now he has the drugs, they're stashed away somewhere, and now he's been kicked out on his ass. It's time for Charlie to start being okay with Charlie. Oh, yeah. And, and, and that's I, how, but that's how you get clean. And I, and I think uh, you're absolutely right. I think this was, while it is a double-edged sword, this is something that was very important that needed to happen to Charlie. Right. Because you're right. And he he, w he had the Virgin Mary statue and he was using it. He claimed that he was ha he had it as a crutch to keep him. It made him feel better and it was keeping him clean. When in reality, the crutch was Claire and Aaron. Right. And now he doesn't have that crutch. He mm -hmm. needs to kick that crutch because the crutch literally just kicked him. Or figuratively, good, yeah. just kicked him. So you're Which, right. Yeah, it, it, it is a good revelation that the fact that the crutch indeed was not the the statue; it was Claire and Aaron. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't have it anymore to hold up on. And I think we are going to see a little bit of a dark turn for Charlie for a little while, but you know, it it does in essence make him stronger in the long run. It's just going to be a little time. Andy has his uh, his friend Desmond is coming. Oh, that's right. Desmond's coming back soon. Yeah, excited. I forgot about that. <laughs> I'm excited. You're going to die, Charlie. Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I used to quote that line all the time. Even the people whose names weren't Charlie. I used to quote that line all the time. But uh, So that was my number three. What about you? What's your number two? Uh, so my number two is actually, it's small, but it's I at the very end of the episode, I noticed that um, the these this community of survivors have really developed kind of this normalcy on the island stuff that you see in everyday life when you're not on deserted on deserted on an island. Uh, you know, neighbors come over to meet the new the new um, resident, <laughs> like Jin and Son. They come over and they give her a welcome gift of a fish, and Jin says, "This is my wife," and they shake hands. You know, you have. Uh, Hurley that comes over to help with with a yard project, you know, with Libby, and that's it's 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 like this neighborhood community stuff that that you know I just recently moved to to a new state in a new neighborhood in the past six months, and this is all stuff that has happened to me in my new neighborhood. You know, I've had neighbors come over and you know they give me a little welcome basket, or uh, you know after the hurricane, another one of my neighbors climbed up on my roof and and he fixed my roof for me. Um, you know, much like Hurley and Libby, uh, you have, um, you know, Jack, the neighborhood doctor comes by to drop off the daily pills for <laughs> Sawyer. Um, and then you have, you know, you have that one rogue couple on the internet where, you know, the drug addict has just been kicked out of the house of the single mom. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. It really is like a neighborhood. Yeah. So it's just funny how they like wrapped up this episode, but to me, it emphasized that, you know, life life is always going to find a way to normalize no matter where you are. And there's something really comforting about that. 
Yeah, I, it's and not only that, but you have you forgot to mention that we have one neighbor cutting another one's hair. Yeah, see, they've got the you got the barber shop down yeah. down the beach a little bit. And I don't know, I don't know if you put, thought about this or not, but in the scene with Hurley helping Libby build her hut, um, yeah, Libby is in for a rude awakening the first rain that beach gets. <laughs> yeah. Because that roof is go- it, being flat is go- and being a tarp is going to collect rain and collapse all over her. Well, you know, you gotta you gotta learn you gotta learn your lessons. New home ownership is a, it's a tough <laughs> gig, man. <laughs> I just love the fact that you're you're equating building a tarp on the beach to new home ownership. It is. It's new home ownership. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It's the ver- it's the island's version of new home ownership. I'm telling you, man, it's really, it's just, I was totally struck by it today and I just had a little chuckle about it and I wanted to include it in my notes for today. (laughs) (laughs) I find it interesting too. And it was kind of, while it was such a lighthearted scene, it was also kind of depressing at the same time, the scene with Jin and Sun giving Annalisa the fish, because I think at that point you could tell the writers were ready to start incorporating her as part of this group. I'm glad that you bring this up because I wanted to talk about this for a second. I read an article a couple weeks ago uh, by one of the showrunners. I can't remember which one, but they talked about uh, Ana Lucia's exit and Michelle Rodriguez. So before Michelle Rodriguez came on the show, Michelle Rodriguez had a meeting with Damon Lindelhoff and whatever his name is, Carlton Cruz, I think. Carlton Cruz, yes. Thank you. Um, And said that she didn't want to be on for more than a season because she's she likes to be a nomadic actress. She doesn't like to stay too long um, in, in her jobs. She likes to kind of uh, bounce around. And her, her arc was always set as exactly this. But at the end of it, when they were, when they were filming uh, halfway through, when her and the actress that played Libby got their DUIs and got into all that trouble. Uh, M- Michelle Rodriguez actually called them or no, the showrunners called Michelle Rodriguez and said, this is going to look bad. This is going to look like we we killed you off. What do you want to do? Do you want to, you know, do you want to stay on for like a half a season more and then we'll, will complete your character or do you want to keep it as it is? And Michelle Rodriguez said, just keep it as it is. So they had a discussion about it and apparently she was only supposed to be um, on for that amount of time. Okay. So that was actually, in essence, that was her total arc. That was going to be her story no matter what happened. No matter what happened. That's interesting. I didn't know that. And her DUI actually complicated matters because they didn't want to face the backlash that is still happening. I mean, we've talked about it a lot on this podcast that is still happening 10 years later. <laughs> so I wonder if that's the same case with, with Cynthia, with Cynthia Watros as well. If that was originally supposed to be when she was supposed to be killed off. And it just happened to be total coincidence that two actresses that were supposed to be killed off at the same time, just both happened to get DUIs. Yeah. I don't know about Libby, but I do know about um, that. I do know that about Michelle Rodriguez. I guess maybe it does play off a little bit more of as, as a shocking exit, too, when you consider the fact that, like I mentioned, they, they were starting to make her feel welcome. They were accepting her into the group. And then for her to be killed off 
would come as a little bit more of a, as a shock because you you're really starting to get in your mindset. Oh, I really started to like her. Right. And then killed her off. And especially now knowing that that's not the case of the DUI being the cause of this. Mm hmm. So. All right. It makes it makes me look at her character a little bit differently now as we're watching forward. Me too. Me too. I watched it. I watched that scene with fresh eyes this week. Yeah, that, that's that's interesting. I'm going to be looking at it a little bit differently as we progress forward, even though I think there's only maybe three or four more episodes. No, there, no, there's like five or six no, more episodes more. with her. Yeah, yeah, there's more. She's on for a little bit more. Because we don't even meet Henry Gale for another four episodes. And then yeah. it's because of it's at his order that what happens to her happens. Right. So, yeah. So we still have a little ways to go with, with Anna Lucia and Libby. So I'm I'm more heartbroken. Anna Lucia, I was disappointed with her death because I was really starting to grow to like her character. Libby's character, on the other hand, I was more disappointed because of another character. It was more heartbreaking for me to see Hurley. So beaten up about it. Because yeah. of what happens to Libby. Because we start to see that connection spark this episode in mm -hmm. that whole new home ownership scene. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, that's um, I'm glad you brought that up because I, I had no idea about that at all. I was still under the impression she was written off because of a DUI. Yeah, I'll try to find the article and I'll send it to you. You can post it up in the Facebook group. OK, yeah, we uh, we can post that for our other listeners to uh, to check out as well. Yeah. Um, OK, so that was your your number two. Uh, my number two is as well something. Um. See, I have three things left. I actually marked off a top six. Um, and I kind of want to get to all three of them. Um, all right, I'll save this one for notes, but we'll talk about this one instead as my number two. Um, I find it very interesting in that, and my last two both are, are Echo as well. So going back to talking about Echo again, we get the whole progression through the episode of him trying to find his brother and knowing that the plane is on the island because of the Virgin Mary statues. And this is kind of quick, but I, I find it very interesting. And I make a comparison that when he finds his brother, finally, when he finds the beach, uh, the beach craft and he finds his brother inside collects the cross and he's come to terms with, you know, his brother's death and being the cause of it. And he burns the plane. He, at the moment that the plane is burning and he says the, the 23rd Psalm and he says, yes, he is a priest. When Shirley asks him about it, the, the plane being on fire to me is a form of baptism by fire. He has become a new person in burning this plane. Does that make sense? Yeah, I could see your point of view on that. I, you know, it, this this was actually my number one. So, um, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think a lot of this is just he finally got closure on what happened to his brother. Um, you know, his brother was shot right before they got on the plane. And, you know, he never knew if his brother survived or not. He never knew what happened. And I'm sure that when he saw that Virgin Mary statue, um, I mean, I can see why that would put me in a tailspin. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And, um, but at, at this final scene that you're talking about right now is, um, is it could be baptism by fire. It could also be the fact that he's, 
picking up his brother's mantle for real now. He doesn't, he's not impersonating his brother anymore because his brother's dead. He doesn't have to impersonate his brother anymore, but he can pick up his brother's ma- mantle and he can continue on on his brother's path. And, and just like he's, he had been doing since childhood. I mean, if you think about it, he took his brother's place uh, in, in, this, um, in this Nigerian gang. And he had, was on his brother's path for his brother. And now his brother is dead. And he has been ordained as a priest. And now he's going to take his brother's path for the rest of his life. That's interesting. I didn't even put that together that this is the second time he is taking his brother's place. It's actually the third time because we find out in later episodes that after the plane left, he does run his brother's church and he goes to London to go do the classes that his brother was going to take as his brother. So he was impersonating his brother there. But I think that this is when he actually takes up his brother's mantle and he and he follows down the path that his brother should have gone down. Yeah, I mean, in in some ways, too, his brother took his place. Uh, it was against his brother's will. Um, you know, it was against Yemi's will, but Yemi did take his place at one point as well when it came to the escape. Or uh, was he setting, was he picking up the path that he was supposed to go on and die all those years ago? Oh, that's an interesting way to put it, too. This is just a course correction of life. Correct. Um, the, the, the other thing I was going to use as one of my tops and I was going to bring in the notes, I'll kind of bring in now because... There is there's a particular scene where when they find the one guy in the gold tooth guy in the in the tree and, and Echo pulls him down. <laughs> yeah. um, I think he's actually listed as Goldie in the credits, which is funny, <laughs> um, which would be a clever nickname considering he's got that gold teeth. You know, Charlie asks him, did you know this man? Did you know him? And he said, yes, that man saved my life. And then mm-hmm. in a later scene, we see that that is the man that physically kicked him out of the plane. Correct. I think this is a situation that became something different. I think this was a situation where Goldie kicked him out of the plane, I I think is maybe a power move. Yes. But Echo looks at it now in retrospect that it saved his life. Yeah, because then after that, he was was able to completely shed Mr. Echo and be um, Father Echo. Yeah. I, I think at the time... Echo looked at it as a as a betrayal, but now, yeah, he looks at it as a move. It it unintention it intentionally, or I, I don't know if that that's not the word I'm looking for, but it indirectly saved his life mm-hmm. because if not for that, he would have been w- the one on the plane that was dead right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so I mean, I, I think he looks at it now in retrospect that while it was a, a it was a power move by Goldie. Like, he was going to get on the plane. He was going to have all the drugs and all the money. And Echo was going to get left behind to be arrested. But in, yeah, in, in retrospect, it, it saved his life. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, I agree. That's, that's, I, I love, I love that you just put it that way. Because I think, I, I think that's exactly what the intention of, of all of it was. I, I love how all the paths seem to just kind of intersect and and redirect and and go down all these different you know situations and then eventually in that in that big pivotal scene at at the plane everything went back to probably how it was supposed to go originally yeah yeah it was it was life course correcting uh to the way it should have been Mm -hmm. 
So, um, so you had your number one already, right? You you kind of yes. Okay, so that leaves me with my number one, and this is actually yeah. the final note that I have. Oh, cool. And this is actually, I'm glad I, I got to save this for number one because I think there's kind of a little bit to break down here. Cool. And I want to dive back into the whole Echo and Charlie dynamic of this episode. Because if you, in my opinion, upon like second and third viewing of this episode, there really is no better character you could have paired Charlie, you could have paired Echo up with than Charlie. In oh, this, agreed. In this situation. Yep. You kind of touched on it a little bit, you know, when it comes to Charlie putting the blame on his brother for, you know, for being a drug addict and, and such. But if you think about it, there are a lot of similarities between these two characters. Mm-hmm. A lot of similarities. You've got two characters who both have had rough relationships with their brothers directly tied to drugs. Yeah. Echo has a, 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 a bad relationship with Yemi because of the fact that he is a drug warlord. And you have Charlie who has a bad relationship with his brother because it's his brother that got him addicted to drugs. I don't think that Echo was a drug lord. I think he was a warlord. I think that he was trying to get the drugs out of Nigeria because he said in the beginning of that flashback that there is no market for drugs in Nigeria. So you think it, he was moving it, he was buying the drugs, not... He was getting them to get them out of Ni- Nigeria f- as a favor to this drug lord because the drug lord couldn't sell the drugs in Nigeria because there wasn't a market for it. Okay, so you don't think he was... Well, but at the same time, he was still going to use them to make a profit by selling them off the off out of Nigeria. So maybe he okay. wasn't intentionally right. yeah. a, a drug lord... And, and more a warlord. I would agree with that, too, because, I mean, he definitely was a warlord at the same time. Mm-hmm. M- maybe this was just an effort to potentially find a new market for himself. Because oh, maybe, yeah. Because he, he still did have every intention of selling those drugs off the land, off out of Nigeria. So maybe it's a little bit of both, you know, at... Uh, you know, maybe he saw an opportunity to to get drugs out of Nigeria so that he can control them. And but yet mm-hmm. still make a profit. Yeah, I, I, no drugs definitely come into play with each of these characters' complicated sibling relationships. I was just clarifying. I don't know, just warlord versus drug lord. I mean, it's really splitting hairs after a while. You're yeah. <laughs> either way, you're a bad dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's uh, while but you know while drugs are incorporated with with both of these characters the 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 difference and the contrast between the two is while both have you know these bad relationships be- with their brother because of drugs the dependencies are different um oh, yeah, Char- charlie's right. dependency is on the drugs themselves while echo's dependencies are the trafficking of the drugs yep you know echo is not he doesn't do the drugs he'll taste them to make sure they're good but that's as far as he goes, it's kind of the same thing. Like dealers don't do their own stash, you know. They Echo got the heroin that Charlie will eventually use. That's true. It is, it is <laughs> one. Well, they're not because of the other. No, I know. I was um, making a joke. You know, but uh, but at the same time too, one of the other stark, you know, um, comparisons between these two characters is the religion, 
And, you know, the one thing we haven't even brought up yet with this episode is Charlie has his religious crutch of the Virgin Mary statue. While, yes, it is a drug crutch, it is a religious crutch for him, too. Um, while Echo has his quote-unquote Jesus stick. <laughs> they both have their religious symbols that they keep with them. You're going to beat me with your Jesus stick? <laughs> yes. Um and one of the other things I wanted to bring up, too, uh, I don't know if you noticed this or not, but in the scene that I called the baptism by fire when they are quoting the 23rd Psalm, have you noticed they say it wrong? Uh, no, because I don't read old King James Version, uh, so I don't, I didn't pay uh, close uh, attention to it once I realized it was the old King James. Oh, I don't, I don't either. I'm not an overly religious person at all, but I still know that Psalm. Um, and there is a, a, a mention there. They actually do say it incorrectly. Uh, at one point they say it's, um, oh God, I was supposed to have this queued up and I didn't. Um, oh, it's, there's a, the Psalm goes the Valley of the shadow of death. Uh, but they actually say the shadow of the Valley of death. They, they, they swap the words. So I, I think it's, I, I don't know if that was done intentionally uh, to kind of differentiate it, or if it was just a, a, a mistake on the part of the writers. But they actually say the psalm incorrectly. Did you look at the old King James Version? and? and... Yes. Okay. Yes. It, it, I, I did look at into it, and it is, they do say it incorrectly. Huh. So I don't know if there's any deeper meaning behind that, or if it was literally just kind of like a, a writing issue that they said wrong. Again, it's only two words. Mm -hmm. that the meaning is still there. It's just, you know, it's just that uh, that they they say incorrectly. But yeah, I just the I, in my opinion, there there really wasn't a, a better person that you could have teamed up with Echo when it came to this situation. I mean, you could have very easily used Saeed instead, uh, but the the dynamic of the characters would not have been nearly the same. No, Saeed would have. That would have been boring because they both would have been silent. Saeed would have been accepting of whatever was happening and they'd probably talk about, you know, some stuff in their cool accents. <laughs> and it wouldn't have made Saeed any better of a character as it did Charlie. Well, I'd say that Charlie kind of fared a little worse off uh, okay. by the end of the episode. <laughs> that That's true. It's uh, But okay, it wouldn't have been a... It wouldn't have been as character developing for Saeed. Absolutely, absolutely. As it no, is Charlie. I completely agree with you. I just, I imagine that Saeed is, you know, screaming into the ocean right now or something like that. You know, it's just, Saeed's in a dark place. Yes, yes, he <laughs> we is. We haven't seen him. We haven't, we haven't seen him this episode. Yeah. So, uh, any other additional notes on your end? Like I said, I don't have anything else. I don't know. I'm good. Okay. All right. Well, that's easy enough then. Uh, we do have some listener feedback and we're going to get to that. But before we do that, uh, we want to let you guys know, encourage you guys to do so and let you know exactly how you can leave us feedback when the time comes. Uh, and again, we, as I mentioned, we do encourage you to do that. Uh, there are multiple ways you can leave us feedback. First and foremost, we are on Facebook at facebook.com slash lost revisited. We're on Instagram at Lost Revisited Pod. You can email us at Lost Revisited Pod at gmail.com. 
And if you want to leave a message, you can record yourself and send it to our email address or you can privately messenger us or DM us on Instagram. Yes. Uh, so as I mentioned, we have two forms of feedback, both from our friends, Des Combs and Steve Brown. So which one do you want to start with? Do you want to start with Des or do you want to start with Steve? I'll leave it up to you. Let's do Des. I always save Steve for last on my other podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> let's continue the trend here. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Uh, so we'll start then with our voicemail feedback from our buddy Des. Hi, guys. This is Des calling about the 23rd Psalm. But before I get into the episode, I just want to send out a thank you to Ben and Kristen, you know, with your show. Uh, every once in a while I get down and listening to your podcast just perks me right up especially this last episode that you did. Um, I don't know what was going on with you two. Maybe too much to drink. Maybe Kristen had a few too many Skittles and was hopped up on the sugar. But you guys had me laugh crying the whole show. And I just wanted to let you guys know I appreciate it. And want everybody else out there listening, and I know you are, to send in your comments and your voicemails. I'm sure Ben and Kristen would appreciate it. On with the episode, a very huge episode for Echo. Uh, all the way from his first flashback, which is him basically sacrificing his innocence to save his brother, all the way to his encounter with the smoke monster, where he just basically stares it down. Uh, that's strength. And I, I know Echo, back in Nigeria, does a lot of horrible, terrible things, but at the core of it, he's just trying to protect his brother and trying to pre protect his people there. And keep the drugs out of Nigeria. So I, I do understand his relationship with that plane full of drugs. But come on, man. It's a plane full of heroin. It's a bad thing. But heroin can use, if I'm not mistake be used, if I'm not mistaken, for pain management. And you're stuck on an island with not a lot of resources. I'm sure that Jack could have found a use for at least some of that. There was another huge waste of resource on this episode with Michael and John. I mean, come on. You're doing target practice. What do you use for a target? You know, some garbage, some driftwood, some just something you don't need. You don't use a big jug of ranch dressing. That's food. That's calories that could get somebody through the day. So what do you do? You just, you know, pump some bullets into it and waste it. Yeah, come on, Michael. Come on, John idiots some things i had completely forgotten about i forgot about claire and charlie's rift after the discovery of the drugs i completely forgot that even happened i don't remember how long it goes on so that'll be something for me to watch for and i had completely forgotten that he had stashed all of those mary statuettes with the drugs in them so ugh. bad charlie bad charlie and I'm ashamed to say I completely did not catch the whole reference of the Aaron and Moses conversation with Claire and Echo and how it relates to him and his brother. It just went right past me the first time I watched the show. I was just all about the what was actually going on on the island and not really reading too much into the show, I guess. I think that's about all I got. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye. I love Des. I love that guy so much. That was really nice words too about how we made him. We, you know, we perked him up and stuff. I don't, I don't remember. It was two weeks ago. I know we weren't drinking, but apparently, 
<laughs> we record in uh, mid-morning. <laughs> so. I swear, sometimes you would think we're drinking. Yeah, I think that that was the one. That was the time when we were both we, when we were both little punch happy. We were on the phone. We I think we were on the phone for like an hour before we actually started recording, but we were like going off about something and it carried over. It, we had trouble starting that yes. podcast because we <laughs> couldn't stop laughing. So, uh, yeah. What were, <laughs> what were we talking about? I don't even remember. I don't know. We, but you're right. We were yeah. We were a little punch drunk. <laughs> uh, before we started and i can't yeah and it, we had to calm down um i can't remember what it was i think it took more than one try to start i think you're right yeah, yeah. <laughs> i remember but thanks for those nice words des that was that's, that was um, nice that was really I, you know what that means a lot i i forgot that that was uh the about that conversation um between claire and echo i loved that claire sat with echo i just thought that that was a really nice little scene and um you know, Echo's just kind of carving his Jesus stick, and um, and you know, she introduces Aaron, and it was really nice to see his ears kind of perk up. Like, um, you know, he seems to really enjoy uh, giving uh, Bible knowledge out. You know, he did that with Locke, and now he's done that with Claire. Um, and I love it that he said, you know. Uh, the importance kind of 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 Aaron versus Moses and uh you know how Moses had trouble speaking and and um Aaron spoke for Moses and he was a very important man and um I wonder if that was going to go anywhere and just didn't in the story um cuz it seemed you know they took the time to write that scene they took the time to film it um so I um, if maybe Steve um who knows his Bible inside and out has something to say about that that maybe I missed because I, I was trying to find meaning in that scene when I was watching it. Maybe. Um, I think it's interesting, too, that it's, again, com- making the comparison between Echo and Locke. This is another character that Claire has kind of found comfort in. Mm, you know, she did, she did the same thing with Locke, and she kind of finds a little bit of solace and comfort with Echo at the same time. Mm-hmm. And both uh, Locke and Echo... Um, are directly involved in Charlie's um, heroin journey. Yeah. I, I don't even think it's just heroin journey. I think it's his character. His, right, his journey it, is a character. It confronts it, each time. Locke has, you know, Locke's the one that uh, knew about the statues and helped to make the decision about, about the statues in a previous episode. And now uh, Echo gave him the statue and, and, pretty much gave him the same decision here. This is, this is for the one that I lost, you know, uh, Locke said, I'm going to, I'll, I'll give you your drugs if, if you ask for it three times. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about the ask him three times thing. So, yeah, that's interesting. Uh, and the other final point too, I want to make too, before we move on to Steve's voicemail that Des made was the whole using heroin in, uh, like a medical way. Uh, that's a really good point. Heroin, heroin was used almost as a medicine uh, in the early days. I think you're right. I think given the druthers that they're in and the situation that they're in, Jack probably could have used it uh, in some way. I think I want. Didn't he use it at some point? Maybe he does, but I don't think he has yet. No, 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 no. But I think he does in the future. I could I could be totally wrong. Um, I just have a memory of that, but it could have been another show. Maybe. 
but yeah, I, th- I think it's I think that's it's really interesting that that he brought that up because that's something I never even really considered mm-hmm. until then. Yeah. Uh, all right, we have our voicemail from our buddy Steve Brown, so let's go ahead and play that one now. Hello, Ben and Christian. This is Steve, and this is uh, for Twenty Third Psalm from Lost. And quick question: Did anyone ever ask Echo where, how, why he knew about the heroin, or are we assuming that when we're seeing these flashbacks, is the character telling the other character the story, or are we just seeing it in? The character's mind, because that seems like that would have been a question that Charlie would have asked. How do you know? How did you know about the heroin? But um, uh, the other thing is, is uh, Locke teaching Michael how to shoot was very reminiscent of Locke showing Walt how to uh, throw knives and Michael getting so angry. And uh, I had forgotten about Echo's encounter with the smoke monster in this episode. So that was kind of cool, a little foreshadowing there of what's to come and i guess we get more of echo's backstory i think i don't remember what episode it is but i know we learn more about what happened after he left the airfield there and um charlie having more of the statues i had forgotten about that as well so i think we're starting to see the beginning of charlie's descent kind of uh back into some darkness that we're going to see over the next several episodes, but of course, as we know, the end of the story, we know that he does redeem himself eventually in Claire's eyes and in the viewer's eyes. So really cool episode, a lot of just singular backstory, not a lot of Jack's the worst, and uh, the little montage at the end, we got to see the beginning of the Hurley-Libby relationship. We get to see, you know, Jen uh, and Son bring the fish to Ana Lucia, kind of bringing her into the group. So that's all nice. And of course, um, get a little bit more of Michael on the, on the computer. Um, I think that's it for this week. Uh, talk to you later. I love it that he ends every episode with talk to you later. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Every single time. It makes me happy. Uh, yeah, we do. We do get another, as we talked about it a little bit already, we do get more backstory in the cost of, um, in the form of echo. Uh, I don't think it's until next season though. I think it's at the beginning of next season, we do get another flashback. Uh, I think it's The Cost of Living is the episode. And I think that's actually right before uh, his fate is is sealed. So, well, he's also, he has a backstory uh, episode in the uh, question mark episode too. Oh, so then maybe we're going to get another one before the end of the season as well. Yay! So okay, so there's three <laughs> episodes of Mr. Echo, uh, and that question mark episode is another fantastic episode. Mm-hmm. Um, Agreed. So yeah, and I think that's uh, towards the end of the season. God, uh, the more I think about it, uh, like I absolutely love season two. I think season two is one of the strongest seasons of this show. Um, season two was my favorite, and just like we're getting as we approach closer and closer to the season finale of this season i know we still got a ways to go Mm -hmm. uh we're only on episode 10 and there's 23 episodes of this season so yay normal tv (laughs) yes (laughs) so we still got a ways to go before we get to the finale but god the finale of this season is so good the the whole show is good yeah um but yeah I, i totally agree um what did steve say that i thought was interesting and now it's totally out of my head. I know. I kind of went away from it, too, and now I forget. 
Sorry, Steve. Yeah. I'm so sorry. There was something that I really wanted to say, too. And usually I write it down and I was eating a jelly bean. So I'm sorry. Uh, I apologize because I kind of talked over it, too. So it's it might be my fault that you forgot. That's OK. That's OK. But I do. I love um, I love the feedback. I love Steve. You you know my heart for you when it comes to House Podcastica. And um, I love it that I get to hear your feedback on this podcast, too. It's really fun. I feel like I'm always hanging out with my buddy, Steve. Well, you know what? On that note, you know, thanks, Steve, for the feedback. And of course, Des, and we look forward to any feedback we get from anybody else. But on that note, too, when you talk about doing, uh, you know, talking and hanging out with your buddy, Steve, I actually got the opportunity to record a podcast with Steve. You did. You did the Captain Marvel one. I did. I did the Captain Marvel review with the Panels to Pixels podcast uh, for Next Level uh, with Steve and our buddy Mark uh, Kirkman. And I haven't listened to that yet, but I, I can't wait to. It's queued up. <laughs> and it's it was a lot of fun. We we had a lot of fun talking about Captain Marvel as well as some of the other Marvel Universe uh, films uh, and the future of uh, what we believe the Marvel Universe, uh, the MCU has. So, uh, yeah, Panels to Pixels, part of the Next Level Podcast Network. Uh, that was the most recent episode, and that was a lot of fun. That's awesome. Steve is... Um really really great he's got great insight good analysis um i love it that he's always asking questions you know he's a first time uh viewer for game of thrones on house podcastica and a lot of times with his feedback he'll ask a couple of questions that you know me knowing the whole story i think is just so incredibly insightful and it just proves that He's got a really good eye um, and mind for television, and I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, agree with that completely. I love the fact when he leaves us feedback every week, and, mm -hmm. you know, it's it's just a pleasure to listen to it because it's even – he's he's watched – he's not a first-time viewer of Lost, but mm -mm. in some ways he kind of is because he's adapted a new attitude towards it. Mm -hmm. he, he was one of those people that believed that the writers didn't know where they were going with it. And That's right. They, they didn't have a story planned out. And he's starting to come around to our way of thinking of one of us that he, <laughs> you know, he believes they really did. Because when we break it down and, and such and we kind of point, uh, you know, put spotlight on a number of things, he's mentioned a number of times. Yeah, I really do think they had a plan. So he's watching it in a whole new light now because of this. Mm -hmm. So while not a first time viewer, he's watching it in it's his first time watching it in a different way. So which he brings great insight because of that as well. So uh, but on top of Panels to Pixels and as well as this podcast, we encourage you always to check out some of the other great podcasts on both the Next Level and Podcastica podcast network. As you mentioned, House of uh, Get House Podcastica, you guys are gearing up because we're only a couple weeks away from Game of Thrones, the final season of Game of Thrones. Yes, I'm so excited. I'm sorry. I just went like super high pitched and I don't even care. <laughs> and it's less than a month away. I can't even wait. I think 25 days from right now, which is the day we're recording. So by the time you're hearing this, like only 23 days, like a little bit less than uh, than two, like a little bit over three weeks. Ooh, it just got all sweaty. I'm so excited. <laughs> and I have done so far so well at avoiding everything about season eight the only yep. thing i know about season eight are the day it premieres the dates the episodes air and the run times that yep, is that's it. all i know i haven't looked at any images i haven't watched any trailers and let nothing. me tell you 
let me tell you how impossible that is. It's hard. Okay? <laughs> it is so hard. It is so fucking hard that I I can't even. I go and and because I have to pull a clip uh, to for the audio uh, at the beginning of every uh, episode that we cover, right? And so I go to YouTube and I punch in the exact title of, of, <laughs> of the show, exact title, and the person, and, and like I put in like Jon Snow, spoils of war, like that's it, right? And and then I put my right hand up to the right-hand side of, of YouTube, right, of, of my computer screen. So you can't see the other videos? So I can't see a <laughs> fucking thing. And I was reading an article the other day about something oh about um about a wall that that is also that is the inspiration off of the wall for for game of thrones and a pop-up appears and it's watch season eight trailer now and it's going into autoplay and i promise you i almost threw my phone against the wall like i was just like what is happening i went into full panic mode so yeah i haven't i haven't either <laughs> I anything. and it's so fucking hard when you have a podcast dedicated to the show <laughs> yeah, it's it's impo- it's it's very difficult. I don't have a podcast dedicated to the show and it's still difficult. It's so hard <laughs> for me to do it. But yeah, it's uh it's, it's going to be worth it. Yeah, it's getting close, man. It's getting so close. It's going to be so bittersweet when it ends, but you know, we're But then it'll be over and we can watch anything we want whenever we want and never be spoiled again. I Yay! Know. <laughs> three three weeks from it beginning and nine weeks from it ending. And it's Oh, come on, I man. Know. Sorry. That was that was a low blow. I know. Sorry. Um Golly. on top Prince of darkness over there. <laughs> I'm I'm not the no, what is it? I'm the angel of death in our group. Yeah. He is <laughs> Well, talk about uh, talk about your you you no DC Prime is kind of in full swing right now, isn't it? Well, DC Prime Time is in full swing because of uh, all the shows currently being back, with the exception of Legends right. of Tomorrow, which debuts in about two weeks. Uh, but we're developing something really cool for the summer for DC Prime Time, in that we're five seasons into five years into doing four years into do, four or five years. I can't remember. <laughs> Five years, four years. I four think years, it's four five. years. Four years into doing this podcast. We've been doing it for four years. So we're, we're starting something new this summer in that we are doing what we call our Primer Awards. We call our listeners Primers um, for DC Primetime. So, That's adorable. Uh, we call them Primers. And we're doing what we're uh, calling the Primer Awards this summer in which we're going to do, you know, best episode of the season, best character, mm. best character plot, best action sequence. So, uh, and it's going to be purely for the listeners there. We're going to let them, uh, make the nominations. We're going to make a couple ourselves, but it's going to be purely nominations by the listeners and it's going to be voted on by the listeners. And, Fun. uh, I'm already in talks with one of our celebrity friends to come in and not just be a guest, but be a co-host of the awards as well. Uh, to announce the winners of all the categories, which is going to be a lot of fun. I can guess who it is. Really? Who do you think yes. it is? It's that Flash guy. It is. It's John Wesley Ship. See, I'm real good at this he's, game. He's my buddy. He's my, <laughs> he's my buddy now. If you would have told me, like, if you would have told 10-year-old me back in the 90s watching that completely dated 90s version of The Flash, but as a 10-year-old loving it, uh, that one day you would f- be friends with that actor, with you'd be friends with the Flash. Uh, I would have kicked you in the nuts. 
because okay. I because I did that a lot as a kid. I don't think I would have been your friend. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would have I would have told I would have I wouldn't have believed you at all. But it's it's very cool that at this point in my life I actually get to call John a friend and um, just the you know just the fact that he's going to be at Six Flags Great Adventure in May uh, doing an appearance and when I told him you know that that's in my vicinity. He basically said, well, you better be there. And he said, because when you when you show up, we're going to ride the Justice League ride together. I I geeked out so hard. I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to get to ride the Justice League ride with the Flash. Like, this is amazing. That's like if somebody were to tell me that I would be friends with um, Keanu Reeves ever. Well, it's funny that you bring that up because they just made an announcement today uh, about Bill and Ted three. I know that they're filming. Yes, they actually just started production, I think, today. It was the first day. I'm so excited. I know. I can't wait. Uh, Wild Stallions. Last. Um, Go ahead. I do, I do want to talk about, I, I don't know if you were just about to plug them, but uh, you have a brand new podcast on your network. That, that is very near and dear to my heart. That's exactly uh, what I was going to plug. Oh, cool. Okay. Uh, well, can I plug it? Sure. So on the Next Level Network right now is a brand new podcast called Another Piece of the Puzzle. And it is our friends, Avelino, Christina, and Erica. And they are parents. And I believe Erica is also um, a therapist. Or she works uh, she works in the field. But they uh, are doing a podcast on raising kids on the autism spectrum. Uh, and it is wonderful. They've done two episodes so far. They're officially on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, and I highly recommend you subscribe and check them out. Avelino and Christina uh, uh, particularly are two incredibly close friends of mine, and um, I've watched the two of them grow close um, on their journey with um, their respective children and kind of what they've gone through as parents of uh, children on the spectrum. And I'm so glad that they finally get this outlet to, um, to share their experiences and to also uh, help anybody that may be struggling with, um, with kind of where to go and who they can talk to and what they can do. uh, If, if you're um, a family with a special needs kid, because I know it can be insanely isolating as a uh, as a parent and as a family um especially when your world has kind of been locked up tight so mm-hmm. please check it out another piece of the puzzle you'll you'll enjoy it yeah it's uh I, you know what i'm i'm enjoying about it too is the fact that well not not necessarily enjoying about it but what i'm really loving about having this podcast on the network is that for the most part every other podcast on the network is you know pop culture related it's you know geeking out about things and stuff like that this is more of a uh you know health and uh, health and wellness and educational podcast too so it's a bit of a departure from what we offer on next level but i love the fact that we're adding content like this to the podcast and the fact that as you mentioned it is friends of ours that are doing this um incredible people they're incredible people yeah I, I cannot say enough good things. I don't know Erica very well, but what I do know of her, she is incredibly kind. And I think that she um, she works in the uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show, which I think is really cool. Um, but uh, Christina and Avelino are two people that are very, very, very close to my heart. And I'm just incredibly proud of them and happy for them. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even, you know, it was something I didn't even hesitate 
when it came to adding them to the uh, to the network. I'm so so happy that you did that. I, I really am. That's exciting. Yay. I was going to ask you to do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> what, to add it to the network? Yeah, man. <laughs> I was going to do it. There was no question about it. No question about it. And lastly, I do want to say just real quick before we end things is that Mr. Echo Adewala Munamana. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to say his name. I thought you a... said you were going to leave it to me to do I, it. I was, but I got excited. I, I, say it again, please. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the first name right. Adewale Udamama. It's Adewale Akinyo. I said that. No, okay. Hey, French it up. Adewale Adewale. Adewale Adewale Pia. Um. Anyways, he has a new show out called The Fix. It's on ABC, and there's one episode out. And Ben and I are going to check it out and we may replace our manifest minutes with it if it turns out to be any good. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to check it out this week and we'll probably we'll probably do a quick review of it next week at least. Why not? Yeah. So, uh, but um, yeah, but on the note of next week as well, Hunting Party is the next episode, episode 11 of season two. uh, And it is going to be the return of Jack is the worst because it is a Jack backstory. At a low point in his marriage. <laughs> is it? I don't yeah. remember. Oh. I don't remember what in the backstory is. We see Jack at a low point in his marriage. Oh, otherwise known as Jack's life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one took me a second. <laughs> otherwise known as Jack's life. That uh, one was for Des. That's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> But as always, we thank you guys for being listeners. We encourage you guys to leave that feedback. Uh, and thank you for just being a part of this uh, awesome journey that we're taking back down uh, back down the, the Lost Road. Uh, but until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Oh, da foof. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back! <laughs>